Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trav. We are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Worsity Podcast Thursday show, Thursday, where we take a look at the oeuvre of a one perennial Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. What are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we are watching the Marty-produced The Grifters, which is the story of a small-time con man who's got some issues. He's got tummy issues, <laughs> girlfriend issues, and mommy issues. And Oedipal issues. Uh, t- tummy issues. <laughs> <laughs> ouchies. Uh, every, time ouchies. I, every time I hear the word tummy, I always think of the... Uh, the Roger Rabbit short that came on before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Tummy Trouble. Uh-huh. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Used to watch that thing all the time. Uh, is this everybody's first time watching this film? Yes. I've seen parts. No, I'm kidding. I was going to joke about seeing uh, yeah. Annette Benning <laughs> on. Uh, no, 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 first time. First time for me as well. Hanging out on Mr. Skin, are we, Mr. Zach? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of, but... <laughs> Entirely a joke. I had not yes. seen any part of this movie. Neither had I. So, Oscar firsties. Whoop. So, uh, I guess we'll just turn around into our Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Always excited when we have one on this show. Me too. Yeah. All right. So, this is up for four Academy Awards on the evening. Shockingly, all above the line. So, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, our... First one is Stephen Frears up against his producer of this film, Martin Scorsese and Goodfellas. Both of them, of course, losing to Kevin Costner at Dance of Wolves. <laughs> uh, Angelica Houston's up for Best Actress, losing out to Kathy Bates in Misery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annette Bening is up for Best Supporting Actress, losing to Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Uh, I need to see Wild at Heart now so I can find out. Yeah, you do. I think you will love that movie, to be honest with you. I think I might, too. I just want to find out if uh, if I hold on to the thought that Whoopi is the deserved actress of the five. And uh, finally, our last award is uh, Best Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium, giving Donald E. Westlake an Academy Award nomination, losing out to Michael Blake for Dance of the Wolves. Uh, I agree with all those, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't I don't know that this deserves to win any of those, but it definitely didn't deserve to lose to Dance of the Wolves in two categories. Mm. But we'll get to that. Mm. That's the Oscar breakdown. Thanks. So let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Meow. 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 I feel like if this if this film was made 50 years earlier, we'd have Edward G. Robinson in it. Exactly. I always loved when uh, he did it in the mask, the impression. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying trying to, to frame my thoughts here. Well, I just want to say one thing, and I've always felt this about John Cusack. Um, or I like to call him cute sack. He's yeah. cutie patootie in this movie. <laughs> Not anymore, though. This man might be the um the worst aged white male of all time. I mean he was a 
charming-looking young fella back mm-hmm. in these days. Not so much anymore. Uh, he's up there with uh, Captain Kirk for who aged the worst in Hollywood ever. Because, Ouch. yeah, I, I don't know if, you know, he indulged in drugs. I'm sure there's some of that. Or, you know, any of that. But uh, And I like John Cusack back in the day. You know, I like him. He just he does strike me as a bit creamy these days. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. No, like, no. I don't know how I feel about him in this movie. I don't. I think it's, it's a weird kind of out-of-time performance in this movie specifically because he's doing a lot of noir stuff, mm-hmm. a light noir, but he's like the only one doing that kind of thing in the movie totally. Yeah. Because uh, it it feels like, I feel like this is Scorsese light. You know, he's not doing the movie, but it feels like if he, if his hand was directing it, it would be a little different. Yeah. Obviously, you know, this is, this isn't a film that's completely in Frears' wheelhouse to start with. And he's coming off of, um, Jesus Christ, I can't think of the name of the movie. Give me a second. Dangerous Liaisons <laughs> in 88. Oh, okay. And uh, Scorsese was going to do this movie, but uh, he shifted his focus to Goodfellas. Thank God. Pulled Good Frears into this project, and Frears said he uh, liked how tough and very stylistic Thompson's, uh, Jim Thompson, the, the writer of the book's uh, right. writing style was, and described this as if Pulp Fiction meets Greek tragedy. Okay. <laughs> it's talking about pulp, pulp Fiction as in books. As in the, as in, the yeah, movie Pulp, pulp Fiction had pulp come out fiction yeah. of yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. We're still four years off from, from that one. Yeah. I think this movie looks like the book could be really good. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe a poor adaption of the book. I... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this movie. I don't know if I like this movie or don't like this movie, to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm still kind of there, too. It feels uh, mixed, like it's got multiple personalities or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I think one of the weird the weird bits about it is taking it out of kind of the uh, the original context of the era it's set in in the like post World War II. Uh huh. Uh, and setting it in the eighties, right? It, it, it gives people, it kind of a weird dissonance. Are people doing horse bets as much in the eighties? I don't know. Are they counting their money out in the parking lot? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. we are we are in the midst of Reaganomics, and I think if they yeah. would have, if they would have, kind of leaned into that boomer bust economy, uh, it might have had a little bit more to say about the time it was made in, but mm-hmm. we don't really get into any kind of like politics of the time. Yeah. Right. I like the, you know, we start off with the narration by Scorsese. I thought of, <laughs> I was like, okay. And you know, it just, when you look at the first act of this movie and then go to the third, you wouldn't even say that these are from the same movie. It, the movie completely shifted on what the movie was, in my opinion, from, I thought this was going to be a movie about a guy learning to hustle people. Yeah. And we ended up with a weird murder. Uh, I'm going to make out with my mommy or is she not my mommy <laughs> movie at the end. And that's where I'm like, it's just not a complete thought the movie and that's where i really struggle with i don't know if i enjoy this movie because everybody's performances are fine 
as a, you know, I take load from Zach's vocabulary. You know, they're fine, but um, I, I think you know, Annette Benning's pretty good. I mean, she's I entertaining. Saying, I think Benning's, I think Benning's <laughs> really good in this movie. She's giving a lot, a whole lot. But she has an easy character. Yeah. She, they're just like, hey, fuck every guy that you're in a scene with. Okay. Well, I mean, she there's really not a with, lot so going she, on. She does it with charm and pizzazz. <laughs> the way she laid on that bed and said, get over here, landlord. Lay it on me, big guy. She said, you can have an ass of the cash. You can't have both. The, the cash, the, the whole, what, seven bucks that she left on the charge. That's what Joe, I was like, well, he doesn't even really have an option because it's hundreds. the ass. Or, those look like $1 bills no, to I'm me. Sure they are. You're right. <laughs> she was she was doing the palm trick with that uh that Cusack oh. kept doing in the movie. Yeah. 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 So I think Angelica Houston's good in this. Oh, she's fine, but not one of her strongest. I'm surprised that she was nominated for Best Actress, but Me too. I Especially I coming like off of Witches. Yeah, I like her in this film, but that that feels like one of those nominations where it's just like Oh, we all like Angelica. Give her a nomination. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this movie is smack dag between witches and Adam's family. Yeah. And she <laughs> sure doesn't get nominated is. for either one of those, but they gave her the nomination for this film. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I think that, that scene where she gets her hand burned is so weird. I mean, it's like a almost like a BDSM uh scene where like he He's like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, but I don't. Then I burn you, and then right afterwards, let me let me give you a little aftercare. You know, go on your way. Uh, so, uh, Did it even seem like it hurt? It. This is the Dune. It doesn't even look hot. Scene like <laughs> she was just crying, but like nothing moved with the hand. She ain't tried to. Have you ever been actually burned with a cigarette? Like a little bit on accident. You're like, oh shit. A little Bro, bit on X, yeah. He took the cigar and was like on the hand, and she's just like, ah. It's like, no, you would really be trying everything. You would muster every strength that you possibly had to get your hand away from this fucking thick cigar that yeah. is on your hand. At the, at the same time, it, it feels like this isn't new territory for either of them. So, like, how much worse would it be if? If she did try to move. Yeah. Bro. No, yeah. it's just a natural body reaction. Right. Like, there's no thinking process behind that. I, you're on fire. Like, your your hand's on fire. There's no, well, if I move, he's going to make it worse. Like, you wouldn't even have that thought process. So, it's little things like that in this movie that I'm just like, okay. And then the whole, the original scene with the 20 and then he... Change, he goes to get the drink, changes it to a 10, and the guy's like, I didn't notice. Yeah, really? You didn't <laughs> notice? Yeah, uh, it's busy enough. Yeah. <laughs> Zach sounded like you were going to say something. I was going to say, I, I mean, if you go into a place that's busy enough, you might not look at it. I don't know. I've, I've Working as a cashier, I, I, there were times when somebody's like, I gave you a 20 when I gave back the wrong change. And I'm like, did you? I can't remember. I, I will say... Uh, I was working at the movie theater and one time one of our cashiers took a $1 bill that was like clipped at the edges and had like paper $20 bill things taped onto it. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen those before. So, you know, some people just aren't smart. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Paul. 
And then, uh, you know, he got beat with the bat. Yeah. <laughs> God. God, he just like pokes him in the stomach with his bat really hard. <laughs> Attempted murder, basically, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Death by bat. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, there's just certain scenes also, too, that just serve no purpose to me. Like when the cops rode up on him and he's like, oh, I can't. I got, I got clients. I'm like, what was the whole purpose of that scene? Like, nothing. Yeah. It, it was just there to take up fucking film, you know, time. Like that that felt like one of those scenes that that there was a running plot line that got cut somewhere. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Like there's <laughs> what's on the cutting room floor that that just got left in exactly the way it got left in. Cause yeah, that was weird. The best part is the cop looks at his ID and was like, you, you okay? All right. right. All right, take care. On your way. <laughs> I guess you're not on drugs <laughs> or drunk or yeah. just got some bad shrimp. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Uh, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll leave you to it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and you know, and you know, when with like a lot of noirs, there's always like a a cop presence that runs throughout it. So I have to wonder if if there was something like that in this movie that got mm-hmm. cut to keep it under two hours. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I I feel kind of bad sitting here just crapping on the movie a little bit, but I, honestly, I, I I fell asleep a couple times and had to go back. <laughs> it's just there's, it's not a horrific movie or anything, but um, I I have no idea how he got nominated for best director. Me neither. I think the directing's not very good. Yeah, I'll I'll say like I do find it shocking that it gets nominated for. Screenplay and director. Yeah. That's why when you said how it lost twice to Dance with the Wolves, and I'm like, well, yeah, because the directing is shit and the screenplay is kind of shit. So, like, I don't, you know, I don't hate either of them. I, I think Frears is doing a lot of good work. Just there's something in the edit of this film that, that yeah. something doesn't quite click in a lot of places. I don't know what it is. Like, I really don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. I really think Scorsese didn't give a shit because I feel like a lot of these plot holes where it's like the guy didn't notice that she was stealing money from the thing, even though they had a conversation on how somebody would be stealing money from the thing. Like, Martin wouldn't let stuff like that fly in his movies. So I really don't feel like Martin gave too much about this movie and i get he's working on goodfellas too so he's oh yeah. fuck it you know but um yeah like thelma wouldn't let that shit fly no thelma wouldn't let that shit fly Thelma would be like marty you're going back in you're, you're reshooting this now <laughs> well, well apparently mick did you know <laughs> so um yeah i mean overall i actually enjoy this film i okay. Thought it was just a fun kind of breeze of a watch, but again, there's just something that's missing in it, and yeah, and I I really put a lot of it down to modernizing it. Yeah, I would have I would have loved to have seen this same story, even with the, the same cast and everything, just uh, jazzed up a bit. You know, have a little throw in a little noir. Uh, soundtrack a, a little more than it is and you know shoot it with a little more color and 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the other thing too is just there's just so, there's too much unanswered. How did he meet her? How did she meet him? Why does the mom hate her? Um, why does the mom? Why is she so involved? Why is she so? I can't think of the is words. She, is his mom? Would you really? She's kiss definitely your son? the mom because it's never been a non-issue until she needed money and she was going to make out with him. So right. I, yeah. I just don't even understand the point of that scene. Like, why would you take it to those lengths for no? There's no reasoning for it. And I, I don't know. It's it. Those. There's just too many fucking questions for me that are left unanswered. Or why? There's too many whys in here on why the decisions were made for me. That's why I, I don't, I don't not, I don't not like it, but I don't like it neither. It's just there. Oh, huh. she. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading. I was reading stuff on the book. And then, well, then that's why I feel like maybe the book's a little bit better because these things are cleaned up in the book. And then again, the book could be asked too. I don't know, but. Yeah, you know, and, I, I mean, depending on how long the book is, like, there's there's time for more plot lines. Like, apparently, that nurse has a whole plot line in the book. Well, uh, you can tell there's more to that because the nurse they were they shot more than what they showed because the nurse was the the nurse the nurse was never turned off by what he was doing or the <laughs> fact that she was trying to get her to sleep with him to take his mind off of the other girl. She was never bothered by any of it. So there's definitely yeah. more there that again, a, just uh, not explored. That whole scene of her, like walking out of the, the room down the hallway, you feel like, okay, we're going to see her again, but <laughs> we never did. <laughs> she disappears after that. <laughs> that was so yeah. funny. <laughs> and, and apparently she's a, her character in the book is a, a victim of sexual experiment at Dachau. Yeah, so she's used to these kind of things. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, well, well, that makes Uh, sense because, you know, of the type of genre that we're in. So, okay, you know, but yeah, like, that was funny. Like, she literally just, they just showed her walking down the hall and then that was it for her. So I'm just imagining her being like, yo, I'm in this movie, I'm in this movie. (laughs) And that's it. And they're like, damn, you weren't in it much. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like there's another edit of this film that I'd really, really like to see. Well, yeah. Well, it's only a 90 minute film, so I'm. I mean, and it. The again, ten. It's it's an hour and fifty. Is it an hour fifty? Yeah. Damn. What was 90 minutes that I watched? Oh, never mind. I got it mixed up with Mimi last night on HBO Max. That's an hour and a half, but. Do, okay, now that's sad that we got two hours of content and still. Don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I really think they're just trying to keep it under two hours because, yeah, there's plot threads that kind of start and go nowhere, which is infuriating in a lot of parts. But I don't know. Well, dude, it's got good reviews. I, and, yeah. and Which is weird to me. And I, like, I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Mm. I did enjoy watching this movie. But... Have we talked about Alfred Hitchcock refrigerator moments? No, I don't even know what that means. Okay, so Alfred Hitchcock coined this term called refrigerator moments, where he's like, sometimes you just you just kind of move on with the film, and something might not make a lot of sense, but that doesn't matter if the audience is in the in the theater watching a movie, going, 
wow, this is this is fine. So it's whatever. But you know, they get home and then they're looking in the refrigerator for something to eat, and suddenly they go, wait a minute, that made no sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, this film has a few of those refrigerator moments where I was watching it. I was like, hey, this is fine. I'm enjoying watching this movie. <laughs> And then, like, five, 15 minutes later, I'm, I'm making my dinner, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true, because, once again, sometimes we'll get on here, and I don't realize how much I like something until we start talking about it. And this is one of those times where I realize I'm really confused. Confu- I'm way more confused than I initially thought I was until we started talking yeah. about it. So <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad we're all kind of in that same feeling, because there's another one that kind of confirms our feelings right, about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, like, we're, we're not crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm yeah. Gonna... Yeah. All right. Anybody got any other notes on this? Film? No, that's the sad part. No, like I really don't even know what else to say about the film. Cause nothing extraordinary happens except for a weird mom, son make out scene and then get stabbed with glass <laughs> and bleeds out. Like, I, which I, and that's, that's kind of the thing that sold me on the movie. I was like, that's so weird and dark i love it yeah it <laughs> it it punctuated the ending for sure it punctuated his throat you know yeah um, hey what is she gonna do with the with blood money though bloody money yeah, you can't you can't get it. blood you can't get blood out in the money so what is she gonna do with bloody money <laughs> you know what i mean it's fucked and, and and you know and that's kind of his point why he's not gonna give her the money in the first place he's like what are you going to do with the money? You're going to spend it. And then where are you going to be? Right. Yeah. Like, mm. what can you do with blood money? You, you've done, you can't spend it. So you're just going, you're probably just going to go right back to the life. Huh? And the fact that the, the police are so dumb, not really the police, but like, you know, the detectives and what are the people that investigate the body and say, Hey, this is how they died. Uh, coroners. Yeah. The coroners are so stupid that... You know, and, and it's... Yeah, and this is another thing that modernizing it... Right. You're like, we're going to put this in the 90s. I was going to say, because you can get away with that back in the day because the technology's not there. But yeah. you're telling me in the 90s that they can't tell? They're like, there's yeah. no fingerprints on file. Like, anywhere? <laughs> you knew She's been committing you, crime for like 40 years. You knew who she was. You can't run them against like a national database that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and they personally came and picked him up when he got off of the plane. Like they, they flew him out there, <laughs> <laughs> and they picked him up on the airstrip. Like he walked, he opened the plane door. Hey, we're here to pick you up. Uh, like, no, uh, we we don't have a face, but here, check out your mom's tits. Is this her? <laughs> <laughs> like, pull back. And then he's like, "Yeah, that's her. <laughs> that's my mom's titties." <laughs> oh Lord. Now I'm starting to think this movie's way much better than I thought it was. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird, is what it is. Uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of a bizarre relic that. But there, I don't think the weirdness is intentional. I just think it's poor decision making and things that happen, and then it ends up being weird. But again, it was never like we're going to make this weird movie. Yeah, and again, I think it's a lot of that. I, I think a lot of it comes down to the edit because, uh, yeah. like what. What was this movie? And, and I'll, I'm just going to keep harping on it the longer we talk about it. Uh, I was happy to see all the uh, wonderful character actors in this movie, though. 
Pat Hingle as Bobo Justice just the year after he's uh, Commissioner Gordon in Batman. Oh, yeah. It was uh, weird seeing him as, you know. Anybody but Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> for sure. Because <laughs> he's the complete opposite of who Commissioner Gordon is. Yeah. Uh, Steven Tobolowski is the uh, the jeweler at the beginning. Young Jeremy Piven is a sailor. Um, Andy Dick was in it. Okay, um, so me and me and Zach were talking about Juliet Landau. Okay, is an uncredited young Mira. I don't remember seeing Andy Dick in this movie at all. They're probably on the cutting room floor. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Do you remember a flashback with uh, a young uh, Annette Benning? Annette Benning's character. <laughs> Oh, you're asking me? No. No, No, none of us do. (laughs) None of us do. So I I really think those two are on the cutting room floor. Like, it's really weird, though. Uh, My favorite, honestly, one of my favorite parts was seeing Happy Gilmore's grandma, you know, as the hotel clerk. I was like, I was like, that's exactly, as soon as I saw her, I said, that's going to be my letterbox quote for this movie. (laughs) Because I've literally have never seen her in anything except for Happy Gilmore. I think my letterbox review of this was this makes me feel better about my edible complex about your what <laughs> my edible complex oh lord <laughs> <laughs> oh my tummy i eat some bad shrimp us mama boys oh yeah also too again the the schemes that she was running with her old partner uh, well, you know, when they show the whole breakdown where they pretend <laughs> to get raided and he, the guy just, you know, takes off and runs and they never hear from him again. It's like, that would really like he left all that money and, you know, didn't try no, to no, get it back. No, the didn't F- didn't the look FBI into anybody dying or anything. Nothing. Yeah. The FBI took it. I mean, you know, that's films like the sting. That's kind of how that ends too. Mm. Yeah. That just had me cracking up, you know, they, yeah, so I'm freaking out on the bed. All right. Well, let's move on to our worsty judgments. All right, Trap. Yes. Where's this sitting on your Thursday list? So I gave this a three star rating. Um, I kind of think that uh, it should have been two and a half, but I'll stick with the three. And I have this sitting right underneath Italian-American and right above New York, New York um, at my 17th spot. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's just too, it's just not well put together right there. So... Yeah, but it's definitely not the worst thing he's been involved in. And that's for sure. Mm, that's fair. All right, Zach. Where's the sitting on your Thursday's ranking? So I, I gave it a three star as well. And I think uh, I'm very close. I've got it at number 20 in between Boxcar Birth and Bertha and Cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you? Uh, after talking about it, I think I'm dropping it half a star down to three and a half. And I'm going to put this at my number 23, right between Boxcar Bertha and Elvis on tour. Okay. Yeah, I got oh. Boxcar Bertha, Cannonball, and Elvis on tour. So we're all we're hanging out in the same area. There you go. All right. So 
Trav, you want to let people know where they can find you on the media's social? That is right. You can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. You can also find me on the Instagram at, uh, on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and uh, rating my daily movie watches. And I'm pretty sure this is not what Paul was going to say that he watched this week, but I watched Mimi, as I stated earlier in this episode. You watched Kimmy? Kimmy. Mimi. I don't know why I keep saying Mimi. Mimi. Um, I watched Kimmy, and uh, I don't know. I love um, Steven Soderbergh. Uh, I thought this movie was just meh. So, Squirter. Hi. Uh, well, you can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M S T E R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox, search my name. I haven't watched anything other than podcast stuff this week, but I'm hoping to watch Tragedy at Macbeth this weekend. Nice. Ooh. Paul. Yeah. You can follow me. Across the platforms at Father of the Fear on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And Kimmy's exactly what I was going to bring up, Trav. Oh, okay. Damn. If it was the thing we were we both watched this week, which was Kimmy. When you said uh, that, I thought of another movie, though. Oh, uh, what movie were you thinking of? I thought you were talking about Robin Robin, and I thought you were going to bring that up in yesterday's episode, but you ended up saying, uh, we're married or whatever. Uh, Mary. Yeah, I thought you were going to bring up Robin Robin. because I really liked Robin I really Robin. liked it. It was really, it was really good. It was I, super cute. I also really liked Kimmy. I I, I didn't saw. think it was one of Soderbergh's best, but I thought he did a real tight 90-minute thriller and uh, reminded me a lot of uh, Blowout. The, <laughs> the fucking, Jesus Christ, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Uh, Brian De Palma. There we go. Oh. Uh, the Brian De Palma film uh, mixed with a little bit of Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely has the rear window uh, thing going uh, on. So mix, mixed with the uh, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, also great if you haven't watched that yet. I've heard great things about it. It's it's wonderfully bizarre. All right, so what are we watching next week, Zach? Next week we're watching Mad Dog and Glory, which you can Ooh. rent on Amazon. Google, Voodoo, and YouTube. All right. Uh, that reminds me, uh, we didn't talk about Barbara Dafina at all during this episode, who was Martin Scorsese's wife and producing partner. Oh. So uh, we might get to talk about her a little bit more n- next week. So remind okay. me of that. I, okay. didn't even, I didn't even know that uh, she was producing on this film. She wasn't credited. She is, she is credited as executive producer. Oh, okay. Oh. And we could talk a little bit more about that since I'm already in the outro next week uh, about the difference between executive and regular, regular producing. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We would like to thank Trav. Trav, thank you. Anytime. Uh, Trav is from our sister podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks, and he produces our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Worsley Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Worsley Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Five stars better than kissing your mama. I think we should do a, a, squ- a squirt rating. You know, squirt. instead of stars. Five squirts. Uh, five five squirts. squirts. Yeah. You know how oh. Tommy Pickles gets down. S- 
squirting all over the television screen. <laughs> well, so, we four traps. Zach. And, uh, you know what? Let's go with uh, Charles Napier, who was also in this film. I love you, Charles yeah. Napier. We would like for you all to have a damn fun day.